Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. All right, let's get into the Word. Let's go for it. Um, So uh, what we're doing is, um, last week's word, I thought it was words amongst last week's words, (laughs) Um, we did a confession at the end, just like I am, you know, uh, declarations, affirmations, whatever you call it, to acknowledgements. And I think as often as what we can, we need to to speak it over ourselves. So I'm just going to open the the sermon again with my notes. And you can just repeat it after, after me. And when you say it, say it by faith. You know, let it hit, let it hit home. Uh, let it hit home. Okay, say, I am a new creation. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a child of God. A city set on a hill. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ. And all things that pertain to life and godliness are mine. He is the vine. I am a branch. The life that flows through the vine flows through me. I am an ambassador of Christ. I represent Him. Therefore, I am backed by all of heaven. I am chosen. I'm royalty, I'm a holy nation, I am God's special possession. I am rich, I am strong, and I can do all things through Christ. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am complete in Him. I am healed by His stripes. I am sanctified by His word, and I am washed in His blood. I am more than a conqueror, and I have the mind of Christ. Amen. All right, so I want to carry on. We've been speaking about faith. We've been speaking about hope, faith and hope, how important these elements, these ingredients are um, in our lives. And uh, I hope you're implementing them. I hope you're implementing. We have to use them. So I want you to start. We're going to open in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we'll we'll start there. 1 Corinthians 15. Did you know that you're here for a reason today and that you need to hear this word? That the Lord has got something um, on the table for you to enjoy. (laughs) Something's going to impact and change your life. Going to change your life. Okay. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 47. The first man, the first man, speaking about Adam, was made, was from out of the earth, okay? He was made of dust, okay? Now, my Bible, it puts a, uh, brackets in there, it says earthly-minded. The second man is the Lord from out of heaven. That's amazing, the Bible says, only speaks of two men, the first man and the second man. 
Sometimes uh, people say the second Adam. There's not a second Adam. There's two men. There's one man and there's a second man. Okay? If you, if you read um, Genesis chapter 1 it's, uh, and 2, it speaks about God creating Adam. But if you, if you read in um, Genesis 5, it actually refers to all men as referred to as Adam. The word Adam means man. Okay? So although you have a singular Adam, you have a plural, which is also called Adam. It's man. Okay? And that first man is out from the earth. Okay? And the second, now we know who that is, is Christ. So there's two men. So this is why, uh, if you understand 2 Corinthians 5 or 17, it says, whosoever is in Christ, he's a new creation. So the new creation is the second man. So when we are in Christ, we, we let go of an Adam life and we step into the Christ life. Okay. I think it's, it's so awesome. But yes, there's a little key um, that will help us understand this transition that we're going through. Um, verse 48, those who are made of the dust are like him who was first made of the dust. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. So which one do you think we're in? You know, most, most natural people will, will tell you, no, you're natural. You know, stay natural. But, but Paul is writing, says there's two people. There's those that have the mind of the, of, of the Adamic nature. And then there are those who are of heaven. Now the whole New Testament tells us, Set your mind on things above, okay? Keep them set on things above in heaven. So the Lord is trying to get his church to think differently, to think like him. You know, we know this. I mean, um, every motivational speaker will go on to say, you know, what's what your thoughts? You know, what you think, that's what you are. You're the result of your thoughts. And they always want us to change our thoughts. And it's so true, you know. And so they'll say, think positive, think positive, think positive. I remember when the Lord uh, gave me this revelation that the mind of Christ supersedes positive thinking. You know, the mind of Christ is greater than positive thinking. If you think that um, positive thinking will get you results, it will. But what will, what will happen when the church takes hold of the mind of Christ? Paul says we have the mind of Christ. doesn't mean that we always think the thoughts of Christ. It means we have access to them. It means that we have to... We have to position ourselves in it and, and, and choice, with a choice, begin to make a decision to think like Him. So the Lord wants us to do that. Amen. And so He says, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so shall we and let us bear the image of the, of the heavenly. Okay, you can read it in different translations, but look at the tense. We have borne the image. As speaking as it is past. It's past. And the, this is a problem in, 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 um, in our faith or in Christianity. It's like we respond to Jesus. Lord, we acknowledge we need you in our life. And we run to an altar call. We know we missed it. We need you, you know. And, uh, and we give our, our lives to the Lord. And then it's like nobody knows what to do after that. Okay, now I'm saved. What now? T.D. Jakes had a sermon. It's like, okay, now I'm saved. Yeah, you're saved, but what now? What now? Where do we go from here? And so, so this is a clear um, picture 
of a transition that is happening in the church, that we have borne the, the image of Adam. My Bible says, so let us also, um, let us bear the image, okay? Or we shall bear the image. And Paul writes right through the book of Colossians, Ephesians. He says, come on, put on the new man in Christ. Put it on. Make a choice. Make those cho- choice to, to, to lay hold of that. Amen. So that's why last week I say, you have to confess. You have to confess, make confessions. Say, I am the bride of Christ. Or I am a child of God. I am a son of God. And you know when it counts? When everything is shouting at you inside and saying, you rubbish. You're never going to be successful. And you have to respond and say, that part of me is behind me. That part of me is dead. That part of me is six feet under. And you are digging in my graveyard now. I'm a new creation in Christ. I can do more. I can do exceedingly above all that you can think or imagine because I am in Christ. Amen. So, so the church needs to awaken to, to that. So today I want to speak about faith senses. You know, we know about our five senses. Five senses are um, see, you know, hear. Come on, you, you always see the five monkeys, you know. Hear no evil, see no evil, you know, all of that. But we need, we need, to, we need people that have faith senses, that see what others don't see, that hear what others don't hear. I want that. Um, I was praying this week, had a lot of uh, time to pray, and I just felt the Lord tell the church, press in, press in, you know, press in, go for it, press in for, for what you, what you want to see, amen. All right, let's go to Genesis chapter 8, Genesis chapter 8, I love the word. A Bible in itself, you know, if you're ever looking for a miracle, read the Bible. There's something about the Word that is miraculous. There's something about these scriptures that is just miraculous. It will blow your mind. You know, in itself, it is supernatural. I don't know if it's your spirit that somehow works with the pages and something. I don't know how to explain it. But the, the scriptures are supernatural. If you'll open up your Word and you'll read it, you'll get so much from the Lord. Um, it's really supernatural. It says, verse 22, while the earth remains, there is seed time and harvest. Okay, now what's interesting is if you look at that word, it says it's seed time. So like almost saying there's, there'll be a time to sow. Okay, what does that remind you of? Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says under heaven, you know, there is a season and a purpose, a time for everything under heaven. Okay, time to be born, time to die. We all know those, those verses. But So he says it's seed, seed time and harvest. And I like to break up that word, and I like to see it as there is seed, time, and harvest. Okay, there is seed, time, and then harvest. And uh, this, is not, this is not a curse. This is nothing wrong. This is a principle. Um, a seed, time, and uh, it works for everyone. If you, if you want something, you need to invest in something. If you, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of Christians believe, you know, oh, no, bless someone with, with 200 rand, you'll get 2,000 rand back. Uh, yes, a shocker. It works for everyone, not just Christians. It's principles. 
It's a principle the Lord has actually put in place um, that if we invest something or if we put a seed in the ground, it's going to grow. Seed, time, and harvest. And so many of us know how to work with seed, time, and harvest. And we ought to. You should know how to work with seed, time, and harvest. A couple of weeks back, we spoke about the process, okay? And that we need to know when to stand, you know, and when to wait. And how to, by faith, position ourselves and stand. But there's some cases where seed, time, and harvest is not going to work for you. At any point of time in your life, you're going to find yourself in a place where you need a miracle. All of us are going to get at some point in our own personal lives, at a place, if we're not in one right now, we'll need, we're going to find ourselves in a position where we need a miracle. And, and this is where I remember David Hogan, he says, when man says it's impossible, that's where I need to get involved. With God, all things are possible. And so we're so used to conforming to the mind of Adam, earth be minded, understanding how the, the principles of the earth work. And there are so few believers that understand that there is a heavenly mind, that there is a mindset that transcends this understanding of how things ought to work. And I believe it's really for mature sons of God, sons of God that are ready to, to, to step into a mature way of thinking, you know, that, that understands, but my goodness, all things are possible um, in Christ. Yes, man. All creation is waiting, groaning with pains of labor, the Bible says, for the sons of God to be made manifest. Um, we are the sons of God. We are the sons of God. But, uh, but there, there's something that has, has to change. So we need to, we need to switch on in those things. And uh, listen, I'm a pastor, right? So one would think all of this stuff comes natural to me. You know, you would think that a pastor, if he's in the... In the um, driving and someone pulls in front of him that he's just going to speak blessings upon the person that does and he's going to just pray. I experience exactly what you, I understand the amount of fingers that I have on my, I understand how to curse, I understand how to doubt, I understand all of those things. So my point is, I understand what the Bible calls this wrestling, this, the mind of the spirit being opposed to the mind of the flesh. I understand that wrestle. And we need to know how to subdue these thoughts and think spiritual and, and get, get dominion over our thought life, over our tongue, um, and, and begin to speak blessings. I know what it's like to be in a fight with my wife and respond by saying something ugly instead of saying, you know what, I love you. I'm sorry. I know that feeling. And... and I, I know how unnatural it, it feels to, con, to speak the word of God when you're in a, in a position of you don't have finances and they keep billing you. And to be able to say, we're going to make it as opposed to, oh, love, I don't know what I'm going to do. We need to get a hold of these truths and understand, but there are 
there is a higher life for us as believers to live. And the, the seed time and harvest is not our enemy. If you don't understand that in order for you to earn a salary that you need to work, I'm going to preach it to you today. If you want a salary, you must get work. Okay? There is nothing wrong with that. We need, we need that. Um, and, and if you're in a place right now where you're struggling to find work, man, the process is by faith you, you do everything that you can. You give the Lord something to work with. You do everything that you can to, in the natural. But you still, you still take your position in heavenly places and you speak. I have more than, I, that I, uh, th- than what's showing. I am more than sufficient in Christ. I have enough. The Lord is my provider, not my salary. The Lord is my source. Those things. So we need to lo- learn to work with both. Come on. Come on. Come on. Not a, not a, sometimes when we hear sowing and reaping, we hear lottery. I th- put 200 rand in. Ka-ching. Next week, maybe I can get 20,000 rand out of someone. We need to think like mature Christians who understand the principles that the Lord has, has laid out for us on earth, but also to be able to think like Him, like Him. If God needs 2,000 rand today, what does He do? He doesn't go work. <laughs> ah, he, he just has it. <laughs> All right, no, he just has it. I don't know. Maybe that's not a good example. <sighs> Because God is so much greater. I hope I'm speaking to you. As long as you can hear, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If what I'm saying now causes any kind of anxiety, you know, answer yourself and say, I can do all things through Christ. You've got this. You've got this. Amen. All right. So there is seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. And sometimes that thing of time, last week uh, it came out, uh, hope deferred. You know, what does it say about makes the heart sick? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And sometimes we get caught in this process of time and where we know that the result that's about to come is not good. The outcome is not good. And yes, there's going to be times where we've all experienced where we've, the result has been a broken heart or not what we wanted, but the Lord is raising up His church um, to, to get everything under our feet. And we will. We'll see it. I've, st- I've stood in the most heartbreaking situations where I've literally got zero words to comfort someone with. But I've also been in a place where miracles have happened that no one can explain. I've been in, in places where, where, where people were, were given um, 10 days to live because of cancer, and the Lord heals them. I've seen people come, come out from that. You know, so I'm not sucking things out of my thumb. I've seen it. I've been in places where I've seen the dead raised. I've seen the Lord do it. I've seen the dead raised. You know, I've seen, um, um, I've seen cripples walk. I've seen all of it happen. So, um, but I've, I've, I've also, I know from our Father that He needs a mature church in this time. He needs a mature church in this time. 
All right, so which takes me to my scripture from last week, seed, time, and harvest. If we go to John chapter 4, verse 35, we read it last week. Do you not say it's still four months until harvest time comes? Okay, so what is that? That is seed, time, and harvest. So the Lord is addressing, Jesus is addressing people that understand the concepts of farming and how long it takes. And he's saying, look, you're in the place right now where, where you need to wait, and you need to wait, and you need to wait, because there's still four months until harvest. But he just changes the dynamics, and he says, but I tell you to raise your eyes and to see the fields are white for harvest. It's like he just shifts everything. It's like he ignores the process. And he brings time right to its place now. And he says, nope, the time is now. I'm not, and he, and he puts out what I just showed you. You are earthly minded. I am heavenly minded. You are bound by time. I am not bound by time. I can call things as, well, as, though they, as, as though they already were. I can call them into being now. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. Not a God who is not subject to, to time, to the principles that he laid out. Who can transcend it all. Man, and he can make things happen in a moment. In a moment, things can change. In a moment, things can change. Like right now, while I'm speaking, I always believe it. The, the Lord is changing things in your heart. The Lord is changing things in, in, um, in your mind. Right now, while we speak, your, everything is changing as you sit under the Word. I believe that. I believe that. Right now, God is, can be healing someone that can take years for, for uh, medicine to, to look after. Medicine is good. Praise the Lord for medicine. Especially the five-in-one migraine kit that I needed to take last week. <laughs> but anyways... <laughs> But if we can get it, <laughs> if we can get it straight from the source, so much, so much better. Um, all right. So we were there. Raise your eyes, see the fields, and they are white for harvest. I'm going to repeat myself in John chapter 11 this morning. Um, Peter always did the. Peter writes and he says, "I'm going to remind you about something." So for some of you, you'll hear this for the first time, or maybe. You've heard it before, but you'll hear it for the first time today. Maybe it's been taught before, but you're going to hear it for the first time today. So this is John chapter 11. Um, John 11. Oh, this has got to be like one of the most intense passages to read. Like there is so much emotion. There is so much passion there is so much heartbreak in this chapter and, uh, and how Jesus just, yeah. But um, long story short, Lazarus dies. Jesus was taking his time to get to Lazarus. He was ill. And uh, Jesus purposely, I don't know, we can ask him why he did that. Purposely, he stayed a couple of days on. So four days, four days after 
Lazarus was dead, Jesus appears. And uh, Jesus comes to Mary and Martha, and they say to him, Man, Jesus, where were you? Okay, where were you? So let's read, let's pick it up from there, um, from verse 17. So when Jesus had arrived, uh, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had been in the tomb four days. Okay, that's interesting if you listen to the, how the Lord, I said the miracle, how the word is miraculous, you have four months, now there's four days. You know, now it was before the time, now it's after the time. It doesn't bother the Lord. Four days. Um, Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away, and a considerable number of the Jews had gone out to see Martha and Mary to, to console um, them concerning their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, while Mary remained sitting in the house. You know, just, this is just those for who like the Bible. Last time, who was sitting and who was working? One was that Ma- everybody's hard on Martha because she was in the kitchen. <laughs> But now in this place, Mary was back and Martha was at Jesus. You know, it's important to, to see that the Lord understands different personalities, different ways that the Lord is. Not everyone is going to sit in times. There's other, uh, uh, how do we say, there's other times where, where you need a Martha. <laughs> and you don't need someone that's just chilling at home. Anyway, I, I, maybe that sets someone free somewhere. If you're a Martha today, the Lord was about to reveal something incredible to Martha. Okay, Martha then said to Jesus, Master, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And even now, say, say now, now, I know that whatever you ask from God, he will grant it to you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And um, reading the story over time, I found that that right there was the words that Martha didn't want to hear. Martha didn't want to hear, your brother will rise again. Martha wanted to say, wanted the now. Now. I know how the Lord has put things in store. There is seed, time, and harvest. So listen to Martha's response. Martha replied, I know that he will rise from the dead in the resurrection on the last day or in four months. But Jesus, that's not what we want right now. Come on. How many of you guys find yourself in a place where the process just won't do? Where the process is not going to allow the miracle that you need right now. God, uh, and we can, we can rely and we can do all that we can in the natural. But there comes a time, my goodness, where you need a miracle. And, and, and you know what's, what's hectic about her response is that she attended her Sunday school classes. She attended the sermon on Sunday that explained the eschatology of what's supposed to happen in the last days and that everyone is going to rise from the dead. And so she got 10 out of 10 for Sunday school, but it wasn't going to work for her now. How many of you guys know that you can have a doctrine that disqualifies you from your miracle? 
How many believe, oh no, he has some belief systems that the Lord needs to address. Okay, we know that I'm not good enough, okay? The Lord doesn't really heal anyone today. Those were for those days. That's a, that's a lie. That's a doctrine that, that you heard that's robbing you from experiencing a miracle. Come on, someone. You can have belief systems, excuse me. You can have belief systems from the Bible. You can have scriptures that disqualify you from, from receiving. She was absolutely right. But in that moment, she needed a miracle. Right now, she needed a miracle. Right now, the process just won't do. And so Jesus says in the next verse, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, he shall live. Okay? And he who continues to believe in me, the next verse, everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She did. And that's when Jesus began to get aggressive in his prayer life. Come on. He began to get aggressive in his prayer life. And the Bible says in, uh, okay, you guys have heard this, but um, let's, read, let's read verse 38. Jesus, again sighing repeatedly and deeply disquieted, approached the tomb. It was a cave and a boulder laying against it. You know what that boulder represents? Probably that doctrine as well. Jesus said, take away the stone. And then Martha, who understood the natural, said, <laughs> he stinks, you know. My Bible says he's decaying. He throws off an offensive odor. <laughs> he has been dead four days. And Jesus said, did I not tell you and promise you that if you would believe, if you would rely on me, you would see the glory of God. And then the Bible says, Jesus lifted up his eyes. Now, if you're sensitive to what I was saying, Jesus said in, in John 4, he said, you say it's four months until harvest time. But I tell you, lift up your eyes. Where, what, what eyes is that? What eyes is that? That is lifting your eyes away from the process. Lifting your eyes off of the present circumstance. Lift your eyes and see something that is settled, eternal in the heavens. Did you know that your redemption is secure there? I read, I read earlier on, it says, we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. That you have no lack. There in Christ, there is no lack. In Christ right now, your position is perfect. Absolutely perfect. In Christ, you have no addictions. In Christ, you have no sickness. And so, so that's the process. Hey, you know, um, is it Lauren Daigle? She sings a song, look up, child. Look up, child. And maybe that's the word of the Lord to you today. Look up. Lift your eyes from, from the dust, the place that you find yourself. Look up from your imperfection. Look up from, the, from your sickness. Look up and see what is already. And so this is what Jesus did. Amen. Yeah, come, let's clap, let's clap. When Jesus saw the tomb, take this tomb away, the Bible says he lifted up his eyes. He looked past the, he will rise again on the last day. He looked past the process. 
And he said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Come on. I said this last week, but if you're in a place of brokenness, the Bible says, I am your wholeness. If you're in a place of lack, I am your prosperity. If you're in a place of healing, of sickness, he says, I am your healing. He never offers anything outside from himself. Right now, just while I said that someone who struggles with pain in their neck, the Lord says, I'm healing you. you he is your healing today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I have to explain that because these are, this is spiritual meat and that you can understand it and grasp it. I love the language of the, of the Spirit. And I, I used Will I Am and Robbie and them from, from last week. He said, I am who is, who was, and who is to come. And the Lord has revealed himself in the place of who was. And we know where he is. And there's a, there's the, what John says, when he comes, we don't know what, what we'll be like, but we'll be like him. There's this process of the timeline. But if we can look to him as in, I am everything right now. That it is possible, that it is possible that, that we can transcend time. That we can transcend the process and bring things that are in heaven and, and let them happen now. I think it's, it's incredible, you know. Um, the Bible says in Isaiah 55, it says, He was wounded for our transgressions, okay? He was bruised for our iniquities. And it goes on to say, and by His stripes, we are healed. And Peter says, by His stripes, we were healed. So how does that make sense? That was 2,000 years ago before I even existed. I was healed. Jesus did something in the natural on earth. 2,000 years ago, he saw us. He did something by faith, um, an action that settled something permanently in the heavens. And by faith, only by faith, only by grace, um, we can see into that. And we can experience healing. I, he doesn't heal you today if you are sick. He healed you 2,000 years ago. Listen to that. I want you to understand that. He healed you 2,000 years ago. He doesn't heal you today. He does nothing. He did completed everything today. That's why in the same way, if you don't know that your sins are forgiven, the sins that you repented for today are forgiven the sins that you haven't repented yet for tomorrow are forgiven. <laughs> 2,000 years ago. The mind must just catch up and say, I believe. And I receive. And I understand. Amen. Man, I love this stuff. I love this stuff. I love this stuff. So, uh, let's finish off in Hebrews. Hebrews 12. Uh, is it Hebrews 11? Hebrews 11. There comes a time, like I said, there's times where I don't know. In those cases, I just say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you, you know. Um, and there comes times where it's like, I know what to do. I'm going to speak. 
you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to declare, this is not going to end um, in death, or this is not going to, and there's times where I'm just like, hey, Lord, I don't know, okay, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Peter walked on water, but he sank as well, and he walked again, you know, I often identify with that, oh, Lord, I sink, and then I swim, <laughs> and then I get up again, and I walk again. So some of us need to stop swimming and get the hand of Jesus and walk again on water. All right. Faith is the assurance. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the assurance. Come on. We've read it now. Now I need a miracle now. Come on. How about let's just do something practical. The process of your healing today, you can experience a miracle in the now. We have to always understand that. We have to know that always, that now, the moment, everything can change. Um, your career, your, your present circumstance. You know, you can have a, a condition you can have a condition, like, like right now, your life has a condition, but your condition doesn't change your position. Okay, that's smart. Your condition doesn't change your position. Your position in Christ is whole. Okay? You're, you're perfect. You have to see yourself there in Christ. Okay? But your condition can change. But your position in Christ never changes. So I need something now. So what if practically right now while we're, we're hearing this word, think about that one thing that needs to change. Uh, some of us have got a, a long checklist of things that need to change now. But what if we begin to put a demand and ask God for the supernatural? He wants to be involved. What if we begin to do that? What, like I said, what if we begin to press in just a bit deeper and put a demand on the supernatural, on the power of God? It says, now is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Right, and then finish in Romans 8, and then we're going to do some, some declarations. Okay, verse 22, Romans 8, verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been moaning together as in the pains of childbirth until now. And I love that language, until now. Until now, there will always be a suffering, the process, the process will keep on until now. And that's why Hebrews 11 says, now faith, now faith, now faith. Come on, the process continues until now faith, until the church lifts their eyes away from the process. Come on, until the church looks up looks up past the process and says, Lord, ah, I believe. I believe. 
I believe. We begin to press in. Come on. I want you, I want you to, to stand. I want you to stand. Come on. I want, if you're here with your wife or your husband, I want you to take hands. If you're here by yourself, I want you to just, I want you to, to stand in faith with me now. Stand in faith with me. Um, as a church of Jesus, we need to take authority. So, Father, Holy Spirit, we thank you right now that you are present in this place. And we acknowledge that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God who split the waters, split the Red Sea, the same God is our Father. The same God who opened the blind eyes, that God is, is our brother. We thank you, Father, for your life that flows through us, that we are one with you. And so we take on the mind of Christ today, and we choose to lift our eyes. We choose to lift our eyes above our brokenness. Right now, I lift my eyes above, above my health condition. I lift my eyes above uh, from my marriage situation. I lift my eyes above my work situation, my current financial situation. Come on. You do it. You do it. Come on. I lift my eyes. I want you to see in Christ, yourself in Christ. See that done. See that restored. See that stone taken away. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. And if you can pray with me, pray in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right now, we call miracles into the, into the place. Lord, we call that you'll stretch forth your hand into our lives. That you'll add your super <laughs> to our natural. In Jesus' name. So I prophesy restoration. I prophesy life. I prophesy acceleration. I prophesy joy, happiness, enthusiasm for life. <laughs> Woo! Come on. Come on, if that's you, have some in Jesus' name. I prophesy ah, wholeness, restored families. <laughs> Come on. I prophesy promotions in Jesus' name. Those who need a promotion right now. Promotions now in Jesus' name. Increases. Thank you, Father. The right schools, bursaries. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church. We need to do this. We need to do this. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed. Be blessed.